And ready? What president was a cousin fucker? Five, four, three, Bill two, Clinton. one. Franklin Roosevelt. You are listening to the Dude Nature Podcast. everyone welcome to the dude nature podcast we're coming to you live from mom's living room adam is back for the we weekend back we're back the in the living room baby adam do you have a gripe stars off uh we're basically doing a live show today because we have two girlfriends in the room and we also have dogs wandering around as well maybe some and chickens. a mother and a mother upstairs live yeah. show live and live, live, I, I, live, I want to talk live, live, yeah live, live show live dude live, live, live adam live. what's your what's your gripe today uh my gripe noah noah these are the gripes where we gripe to each other for 30 seconds each about something mildly irritating my grape today is dog owners who won't let you touch their dog's ball. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So explain this. When a dog has a ball and like goes. Let me explain this phenomenon. Okay. There are people who bring their dogs to a dog park with the dog's ball and they'll throw their ball for their dog. If your dog picks up their dog's ball, because, you know, in the world of canine, see ball, get ball into mouth. Well, there is no possession. There's in no possession of the ball. Right. They will run over. And tell me that my dog has their dog's ball in his mouth and that I should do something about it. Right. But Wait, what the fuck am I supposed to do about it? You brought your ball the to the dog park. If you bring, I see a lot of stupidity. The dog park is, we, we, really, a, we really find it to be a place of the, human it's stupidity. It's really the human park where you just watch the human humans park. Like, interact in a strange way. Yeah. They, if you bring your, a ball yeah, bring to a ball. the dog park yeah. and you expect that your dog is going to be the only one to play with it. It's like going to preschool, right, and bringing a super cool toy and expecting none of the kids right, to touch it. Right, just your kid to play with it. But it's even worse because you it's can't. It's actually worse. You actually can't. Like, what kind of training? Nobody can train their dog to understand possession. To understand that that ball is its ownership ball. or possession, and the other ball is not its ball. Right? Do you want your dog to understand mortgages? Maybe you could if you were a super super professional dog trainer. But nobody at the dog park of normal people has trained their dog that to not take. Another dog's ball because the ball is fucking fifty cents. Who gives a shit? And you brought it to the dog park. No, don't bring it to the. Do- don't play with your dog in the dog park. If you want a one-on-one time with your dog, one-on-one time with your dog, go to a separate field. Don't go to the dog park Here's with a, other dogs. A lot of the times, it's a fucking tennis ball, right? So we're at the dog park. Mm-hmm. They're they're they've brought the dog the tennis ball to the dog park. They're throwing it for their dog. Another dog takes it because it's at the dog park. And they, they track the other dog down and are, like, trying to get the ball back. They track his ass down. Right. One, number one, it's a tennis ball. Yeah, number one. It's a tennis number ball. Number one's a fucking tennis fucking ball. fucking tennis right? ball. Who cares? Right? Number two, that's what happens. You bring your ball to the dog park. It's the dog park's ball. It's the pack's now ball. The dog, now it's for the dog park. Thanks for bringing it to the dog park. Now it's a community ball. Right. If you really wanted that ball, don't bring it to the dog go park. Go play with your dog in a field by yourself. What other horrible activities you see people... If, when people go to the dog park, they seem to... You really see how people cannot... Their issue, their issues, really. Right. Like, All of our social issues are starting to One of the biggest issues the I park. see in a dog park is yeah. someone will come to the dog park and they'll keep their dog on the leash. Yeah. I mean, that's just. They have like a control issue where they won't let their dog run around. Right. And so what don't happens bring is to the that dog park then. All then the other the dogs, dog they start running around. And they run to the leasher. And the leasher starts and, and, to, and, to get flustered. And the leasher is like, oh my God, I'm getting pulled. Yeah. What's your gripe? My gripe is autoplay. On platforms, when mm-hmm. I'm going onto YouTube or Netflix to watch something, yeah, and I, like I just, I just like, there's like a horror movie and it starts auto playing, yeah, right. I, it's, it's, it's awful. I don't want to feel stressed when I go onto those platforms to watch something. Yeah, 
I'm stressed out because I know something's going to start autoplaying and I don't want to see it. You know what? It's like, it's this huge anxiety I have when I go on. It's awful. Why does that have to happen? I just want to be relaxed and find my show. That's <laughs> definitely coming out of the big speaker. Hey, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, we apologize for not having sound effects in the last episode because me and Adam, we were remote and we're still trying to work out some of the kinks. There we go. Speaking of kinks. Speaking of kinks. Oh, we're back in the reactor with the old tools. I got my old fader no, tools. We're totally back. We're, we're so back in the reactor that we have. You we're know, actually exactly back. Three women are listening to this podcast right now. And we're, I want to talk to you about wedding planning, actually. Yeah. You're going to get in trouble for it after the episode, but I just sure. want to hear about it. Well, it's it. not like we're doing it live and she can hear us. Right there in the living room. It's not room. like she's like right down there, down the steps. No, no, because if she were, right, then we couldn't talk right, about certain like things. Right, it's like my fiance is right next to that wall. But since they're not right there behind the wall, we'll talk go about ahead. it. We'll go talk ahead. about it openly. Yeah, go ahead. Do you have a question? Wedding planning? Yeah. I kind of feel like the <laughs> she's gonna yell something. I kind of feel like the hierarchy in a wedding when you're having a wedding and you're the groom. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like it already. It's kinda, I like the, this already. The hierarchy is the top is the bride. Yeah, she's the top dog, right? Yeah. Then then there's the bride's family. Mm hmm. Right then, then there's like this is definitely yep. I agree. Then so there's far. like a dog. Then it's like her friends, her friends, and yeah, her friends. Mm -hmm. Then like her dog. Then then the wedding planner or like whoever's then in charge like, of the venue. The people in charge of the venue. Then like guests doing then, things for guests. Then guests. And then the groom is like on the bottom. No, definitely. Right. We're like you. We're have, just happy to be there. Just just happy to be you're there. You're just happy to get the invite. Happy to get the invite. Right. Where you have no decision making power or nothing to do really with the wedding. Yep. No, I totally agree with that. Yeah, there we go. That's my take on it. Uh, Noah, let's play a game of trivia. Okay. Oh, so you're not... So I'm going to get in trouble. I'm in the doghouse now. No. Because I talked about wedding planning, but you're not going to talk about wedding planning at all. We're not even talking about wedding planning. We're just talking about an objective fact. That is a fact of nature. That's We're a talking fact. about literally... And now she's like yelling at me. Isaac Newton, this is like one of his laws. This is one the first law of Isaac Newton. All right, but one of the first laws that I just went into the doghouse for the podcast, I was honest, and now I'm in the doghouse, so you have to come with me. Well, how do you feel about wedding planning? Honesty doesn't buy you anything. Now they just hustle. Are you literally get? <laughs> you're go okay. Fine. fine. Well, you I don't answer it. What do you? Will you want my take on it? I think yeah, you're right. Just give me like five minutes. A minute. My take is that you're right. Okay. It's not. It's not really your wedding so much as it is your fiance's wedding that is happening to you and hopefully not happening all of, over. It's you. kind of your the bride's celebration. Yeah, it is. And you're just kind of there. You're there. You're like a. Ho you're more like an MC. You're like than more like window dressing. You're more like, like the flowers. You're I feel like, like the you're, flowers. You're more like the flowers. You're like a prop. Yeah, you're a prop. Right. Mm -hmm. Um. Okay. Let's move on. Okay. Uh. Trivia time. Noah. Well, I'm sorry. Our topic today. Oh, we're doing the game. We're doing a game. Yep. Who did Albert Einstein marry? After his first wife. Was it a cousin? Yes, it was. Oh, I'm so happy that it was a cousin because I have a, a whole section on cousin fucking. On cousin fucking. Yeah, his cousin There's Elsa. A lot of cousin doing. After divorcing his first wife, Mileva Marriage, he married his cousin Elsa. Right. Okay, cousin fucker. 
What other scientist? Genius, what, also cousin. Fucker. What other great scientist was a cousin fucker? I know. Uh, fuck, I feel like we have. You know what? Five, done this. four, three, two, one. Charles Darwin. Charles Darwin's who cousin is, fucker. Who is Charles Darwin? And ready? What president was a cousin fucker? Five, four, three, Bill two, Clinton. one. Franklin Clinton. Roosevelt. He was too. Let me tell you. I'm just gonna go into my section. Did you know that it wasn't until 1875? That marrying your cousin started to actually decline as a percentage of marriages. Yeah, your cousin was actually like the so most eligible bachelor. Bachelor, your, your cousin that you knew. was like, you're like, yeah, this comes from a great family. So why do we even have OkCupid okay in Tinder? Why can't we just start dating our cousins? I think we're gonna go back to that. We're just some cousins. Yeah, cousin fucking. Adam, what's our game? Uh, the game is. No, that was the first question. Who's fucking each other's cousins? Yeah. Second question is the only person to win a Nobel Prize in two different sciences. No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Oppenheimer. Marie Curie in chemistry and physics. Wow. Chemistry and physics. Wow. Noah, Nikola Tesla refused to touch what? Refused to touch what? His refusal to masturbate led him to his great discoveries. He definitely refused and, to masturbate. And all the angst that he had. Yeah. He... Was very OCD, and he refused to touch his hair, pearls, anything round or dirty. He also fixated on the number three. He would walk around buildings three times before entering. There's going to be a lot of Nikola Tesla talk. Damn. Also, he would use 18 napkins to polish his dining utensils. Like, specifically 18? Mm -hmm. Yep. Stay tuned for more. For more about him. I don't know if you're supposed to pronounce the S. Is it Nicholas Tesla? I think people say Nikola. Nikola Tesla? Nikola. Nikola. Uh, uh, Nicholas sounds cooler. Uh, Einstein's brain. What happened to it when he died? Oh my god! Did someone like take it? Someone, someone took it and cut it into pieces and researched it to try and discover what genius was. And what did they discover? Uh, did nothing. They discovered nothing by cutting his brain apart. So did he give the brain out voluntarily to them? Uh, it's. I think it was Einstein's like uh, progeny that gave up the brain. His progeny? His progeny. So his kids. His child. His yeah, kids. His progeny, seed, child. How yep. were the kids? Were the kids smart too? No, I don't know. I don't know if there no was... No one knows about the I kids. don't know if there was an Einstein among the kids. Right. Alexander Graham Bell, inventor of the phone, he wanted people to answer the phone with what instead of hello? You're not going to get this, but... Wait, hold on. Hold on. He wanted them to probably answer with some stat or what something. A pirate, what a pirate say? R. Ahoy! He wanted people to answer the phone with ahoy? But then Thomas Edison was like, no, they need to answer with hello. And it worked out. Wow. Ahoy! Ahoy! Uh, when does Isaac Newton think the world will end? When did he think? Don't know. 2060. Is when he thought, why? 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 I don't know. Was it a planetary body thing? No. No. I think it's more of a human thing. How, many, how many pages of Reddit are taken up to that, a that prediction? A lot. Like half the site. Like more than the Mayan prediction in 2000? Like 40% of the site. 2012? Yeah, 40% of the site, I'd say. But, you know, do you think he's right? He might be right on point. 2060. Oh, so you've obviously been to those areas of the site. Yeah. <laughs> you're a huge commenter. I'm just saying, like, how, what percentage you know, of your profile is know. taken up by, I don't know, by maybe that it's theory. pretty accurate. No, what's our topic today? Our topic today is the scientist draft. Me and Adam are going to draft the top... So we're going to debate and draft the top scientist team. I'm going to draft one team. He's going to draft the other. Team almost of three. Like, team of three, almost like a basketball team of the top scientists. Yeah. And we're going to debate who is the better team. Yeah. Adam. Yes. This podcast is sponsored by the Four Sigmatic Coffee. Yes, it is. Whatever you are drinking, if you want to be a Nobel Prize winning scientist, 
Charles Darwin, Isaac Newton, Chuck Darwin, the big dogs, right? Ch- as Chuck Darwin. Or if you want to somehow mac on your cousin and get with your cousin, as many famous people did, and I guess it was chill, mm-hmm. then you should be drinking Four Sigmatic. Yeah. Go to Four Sigmatic. Go to www.foursigmatic.com to get ten percent off your Four Sigmatic. Use offer code Dude Nature. That is Dude Nature, all one word. More sex. No exclamation mark. And again, to get ten percent off your Four Sigmatic coffee. We drink it. We love it. You should drink it too. Mm-hmm. Yep. Adam, begins that don't suck. 60 seconds tells everything we need to know to enjoy the episode. Are you ready? Yes, I am. Okay, three, two, one, go. Noah, gravity, the planet's motion, our place in the universe, evolution, black holes, the world being not flat. These are all important discoveries that form the foundation of our society. So today we look at not the discoveries themselves, but we look at the men and women who did the discovering as we draft the three greatest scientists of all time. No, what is our theme? Our theme for today is impact, okay? Because it's not necessarily how breakthrough their work was. I, I, I think that this is something that you probably missed in your, in your, I have a whole philosophy behind my team, is that it is not just the breakthroughs, it is the impact of those breakthroughs that, that shows the, the greatest scientists of all time. I have, I have a whole take on my team. I have a I whole, have a whole take, different whole thing take, for my team. I think just, just listening to who you read off before, I think that you probably went where I thought you went, which is kind of a small, narrow-minded perspective. And so I'm excited to, no, for I my mean, team for to some, win. For some, I think some are like Michael Jordan, LeBron James. Like You have to name one one or two of them, and then you can get a little creative with your list. See, no, I think that there's a clear one. There's a clear, the one. There's the one, and if you don't have the one, then you just don't really get it. All right, well, let's get into it. How are we going to decide who goes first? Okay, so we're going to decide who goes first by, we're going to play a little game called Categories, and we're going to use weed, okay? Okay. So me and Adam are going to play Categories for weed until, we're going to go until someone runs out of weed names to say, and that person will get to draft first. Okay. Also, we're going to do- If I made up a strain name, how would you know that I was making it up? Don't be a jackass, right? So in board games, right? You keep it real. Keep it real, right? Don't the cheat. The biggest rule in board games is to keep it is real. Is to keep it real. Let me also say that this draft, if you played fantasy football, fantasy basketball, whatever, it'll be a serpentine draft where I have the first pick, Adam has second and third, mm-hmm. then I have fourth and fifth, and Adam has six. Just I, my opinion on this over an auction draft is that this is stupid and that you should do an auction draft. If you're doing fantasy football, I just want to say, because one yeah. of the reasons I won't do fantasy football with my friends anymore is because they won't do an auction draft. And if they're listening to this, fuck you. What the fuck? Why couldn't we do an auction draft? It'd be so much better. Right. You felt like you were an agent for change in your fantasy football. Right. And, and they no thought, one they to thought I was you. a coastal elite who was trying to change their way of life. Right. And they just wanted to go with the same, the same bread and potatoes. bad, That's boring what, You know what that's method. called? Yeah. Chicago. All right. All right. Adam, ready for the categories game? I am. I am ready. Okay. I'm going to go first. Ready? Five, four. Three, two, one. Blue Dream. Grape Ape. Lemon Skunk. <laughs> Maui Wowie. Silverhawk. Granddaddy Purple. Bubba Kush. Great one. I haven't seen that one in a while. Bubba Kush, you said? Yeah. Lemon Haze. Afghan Kush. <laughs> Hindu Kush. Durban Poison. <laughs> Durban Poison, a bad strain people think is good. Uh, Blueberry. That better be fucking one. Cause you named, you named a fruit, no, right? It is. <laughs> so, Jack, Jack, Jack Herrera, Jack Rabbit. Yeah, you're so good, Jack Herrera. Um, hold on. Damn it, that's fuck it. it. Fuck it, dude. I lost. Alien OG. Yeah. Nice right? job. Keep going. Romulan. Romulus. So you really, you're really prepared for this. Romulus. Do you have this written down? Because that's fucked up. I fucking don't. Okay. I 
when we said at the beginning before we recorded that we would go through it, I I I, I was like, in my head about okay, it so bit. I'm gonna name all the big ones. And I'm gonna name all the children of the big ones, right? You could name. What I realized is that there's a lot of strains Maui pe- citrus. There's a lot of strains people think are good, and they're they're some of the worst. Like Durban poison. Whenever I ask in a, in a weed shop what they recommend, they say Durban poison, and it's bad. No, they say I should have named um green crack, which I really don't terrible. like. Terrible. Which it's is terrible. a really popular sativa, right? It's super bad. Yeah, I don't like green crack. Oh, I forgot about pe- there's like um peach stuff, right? I've never peach heard of I've, n- I've never heard of peach wine. Fuck. I don't know. Anyway, you're up. Okay. So First, I think that this one is unassailable. So this is Braun, right? This is, this is Braun. Jan- but again, Jordan. again, and I, I know Adam probably doesn't understand this, but I went impact, right? So yeah. and so it, there's a lot of luck involved with being the greatest scientist of all time is when you were born, right? And what you did. Interesting. So if someone, if a scientist came now and made the wormhole for space travel. Yeah, the wormhole. I mean, that would just be the great. Never mind. That's stupid. All right. Anyway, my number one. Okay, Adam, actually, who, I'm, I'm going to see if you can guess who this is. He was the director of the Los Alamos Laboratory. Oh. Responsible for the research Hello. and design of the atomic bomb. He's Hello. Known, known as the father of the atomic bomb. He is. Robert Oppenheimer? Robert Oppenheimer. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I don't actually have him in my top five. Right. So I, I, yeah. I, I, I figured that you didn't. Lo- yeah. I love, I love this, new, this New Mexico call out here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Robert, so, so anyway, the reason I picked Robert yeah. is because without him, would we have... But would, why was he the first pick? Just listen. Though? Just listen. Because you know, without him, mm. it's possible that the Nazis would have made the atomic bomb before the U.S. And then we would be fucked. But it's a whole team there, the Manhattan Project. It wasn't just him. Right. But he was the leader of the team, mm-hmm. Adam. And it's, it, you know, he also was the d- designer of the atomic bomb. He was the designer of it. There was a whole team. Okay. So you're measuring impact. Impact in terms of good for good or impact for bad? Impact for good. I'm, I mean, my thing, people are going to get mad, right? Because he, obviously, the bombs did kill like 200,000 people in Nagasaki and Hiroshima. Mm-hmm. It was terrible. But if he wasn't around and the Nazis had made the atomic... Can you imagine a, wor- imagine a world where the Nazis made the atomic bomb before Robert Oppenheimer's team did? Yeah, Indiana Jones. How would that fucking world be? Not good? Not good is right. Not good. So he has to be the most important scientist because he stopped. He stopped an evil. The evil would have been happy. Bobby Fisher. Bobby Fisher would have been fucking. One, there would be one happy guy. Bobby Fisher. Bobby Fisher and Walt Disney could have thrown a party, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they weren't rooting for Robert. Robert also a Jew. Um, oh, was he really? Yeah. So for me, it's the most important because he he stopped the evil empire from dominating. Yeah. Okay, so you're saying he has to have the biggest impact. His, his greatness is measured in the amount of good that these scientists did for you. Yeah, it's, me- it's for me the greatest scientist is measured in the impact of the science. So, for instance, like Albert Einstein, mm-hmm. he was monumental for physics, right? Yeah, but that's great. It's great for physics, mm-hmm. but like this is a bigger impact. Okay, to make to make the atom bomb. Well, I mean, they're they're doing physics, right? They're doing a fission bomb. So I thought, so I thought that you would go here. Yeah, okay. I thought and that you, you would go. Say? If we do that logic train, okay. So we just go back. We're like, well, Robert Oppenheimer wouldn't have been able to make the atomic bomb without physics. Oh, I see. So you're saying he changed by making the bomb for the Americans before he saved the world, Germany. You could say that he now saved people, the world. People are gonna get mad. It's a, this is a hot take. I'm, I'm this not, is opinion podcast. I'm not. Right? Yeah, I, but podcast. I'm not like I don't love. You know, it's not great how many people died in Japan from the bomb. So now we're talking about why if the Germans had the atomic bomb, 
Where would we be today? Where would we be today? Right. I don't know. We probably not the German, the Nazi party. Yeah. Where would we be today if they made the bomb first? Right. I mean, it's it's essentially like if there was there a bunch of tribes and there was a really bad tribe that liked to torture people Mm -hmm. and they were horrible and they made the gun first before any other tribe had a gun. How would that have gone? Probably not good. Okay, so that that's why he's my number one. Yeah, that's a good number one. Wow, that's a good. It's I'm it's a, you're great. Yeah, I, yeah. I like that. He, yeah, it's my number. I one. never I never really thought about it like that, but maybe they did change the course of history for the good. You'd think he, but like then you're just then you're so you think that the German Empire with Hitler that was evil. That's objectively evil. I think probably. It's, yeah, I think it's objectively evil. It's probably evil. I think it's, it's genocidal evil. evil. Right. Hmm. Um, okay. Tribal, which is not good, right? Any of that stuff. No, they were fucking, they were definitely evil. Okay. Okay. Aryan. So mine is Robert Alhopper and one. Okay. So you get two and three. Okay. So I'll get two and three. Okay. I think that number one is, well, you're, you're two. I know, but I'm trying to think about who I actually want to draft first. Okay. And I think that this is a no brainer, but I don't want to pick him. I think I could pick him in the back. I'm gonna, I'm gonna not gonna pick him now because I think I could pick this guy in the back of the draft. Oh, I like. You some, think I won't pick him? Yeah, now. there's some strategy. I like there's this. Some I, like, strategy I like this. You think I won't go? To I him, love now. You know, kind of my strategy. Yeah, I love your Robert Oppenheimer pick, and because I have a Zenkatasin right now, and my brain is from the ground up instead of category. You know, what's hierarchically categorized? Tell people what's Zenkatasin. A Zenkatasin, everyone, is a form of note taking. That's dumb. What? Okay, it's a form of note taking where instead of hierarchically categorizing things like animal, zebra, pig, cow. You What you do is you write your notes and then you link notes to other notes with tags. Sounds pretty straightforward, right? It's kind of like meta-note-taking. So that note-taking. it works like your brain. It's meta-note-taking. So it's more organic, the note-taking. And apparently it helps you come up with a lot of cool okay. ideas. Let me tell you, I am trying this. this How's it going Adam sent me this note-taking method. Again, you can look it up. It's called Zenkatasin. I'm using Obsidian, the software, to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, giving, I'm giving it a try. But I would say that it kind of seems like it's for people with a ton but let of me time tell you something. on their hands. Because I have, have nothing else no better what, to do no besides what? take notes no on their what? notes. Because I have a Zenkatasin, I am able to now organically and in the moment switch my order around of my guys to be strategically sound. Right. The good thing about Google Docs is that it's editable at any time. Okay. My number one pick. This man. Here's a quote from this man. He said, I love fool's experiments. I am always making them. Thomas Edison. No. Also, he rode giant tortoises in the Galapagos. He rode them? He rode them. Like put a saddle on them? He said when the tortoises would retreat into their shells out of fear, he climbed on top of their backs and waited for them to pop out of their shells and then rode them while they were moving. Charles Darwin? Yeah, we're talking about Chuck Darwin. Okay. Okay. Damn it. We're talking about Chuck motherfucking Darwin. I knew you would take He's him. He's in my top That's why five. I want to take him top three. And, and yes, okay? Here's the cool thing about this guy. And in my list, I want to talk about people that maybe they, I like that they came from different backgrounds. They didn't have the background of going to a university, getting all this training, you know, a silver spoon person, as you will. Wait, I have the same Where life was a little bit easier for them. I like people that did scientific work. Without a scientific education. Wait, hold on. I think that that is, ver- that is so impressive and courageous to me. That's cool. That's yeah. cool. Um, 
Yeah, because he took a different path. I think the most interesting thing about Darwin is that he was religious before he went before he went on this thing. Because obviously, his fucking the theory of evolution is. I think the reason why it's such a I like your pick. Okay. And I think the reason why it's such a big deal is because it's not just about science. The impact of this is the downfall of is part of the exactly. downfall of religion. Exactly. Okay. Is his thing. It's not just about science. It's about our place in the universe. We're the biggest difference was before Darwin, people thought that we were not part of the animal kingdom. We're separate from them. We're not in the Linnaean system of classification. After Darwin, we are just another animal. We're part of nature instead of being something separate from it. And that concept of being part of nature is still something that we're trying to get get our heads around today that we are not separate from the world around us we're supposed to be part of it integrated with it i think that's super important i i think yeah i like that a lot i think that one of the most interesting things when he when darwin first went to university of cambridge Mm -hmm. he did not go to study science he get he went with the aim of becoming a priest yeah so um because obviously the criticism of him is that he you know it's it's against religion blah blah blah. it was he kind of found natural selection and he didn't want to find it yeah but it was the truth. Well, right? he, he went on a five-year journey aboard the Beagle, right? He was a travel writer, really. First, a travel writer. Second, a naturalist. Naturalist is basically what people seem to call a scientist that doesn't have a degree. We'll just call you a naturalist. But he went around, and he was seeing fossils. And he was seeing all these different species in all these different places. And he was like, I wonder, why, I wonder how these species came to be in these different spots, basically. Right. Okay. He didn't just do evolution, like invent evolution, basically. He also discovered that earthworms produce viable soil from dirt. He also discovered sexual selection, which is really important, too. He also had sex with his cousin because he married her. Yeah, he's a cousin fucker? Yeah, not only did he marry his cousin as well, mm-hmm. they had 10 kids. You're telling me more? Really? They had 10 what? kids. He, he couldn't married stop. his cousin? Couldn't stop having sex with his cousin. Couldn't stop fucking his cousin. Couldn't stop fucking his cousin. What is it about that cousin, that cousin shit? I'm telling you, yeah. it wasn't until it wasn't until the 1920s that states started to ban marriage. Listen, your if cousin. you're having trouble dating, we always say this. Call your cousin. What's your cousin doing? We've always said that. We've always said We've it. always said that. Yeah. Um I've other do you do you do you, do oh. you have other interesting stuff on him? Of course, I'm, but keep I, going. Okay. So, um when he went on on like up, you just go. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> I just think it's really cool that he wasn't a scientist from the start. He was a what travel writer. He wasn't. He was he was on this journey aboard the Beagle to just write about it like as if he was um going, you know, through China and just writing a writing a blog about it. He's writing a travel blog. Yeah, when he first went on the Beagle, as he put it, what he was what he he was a devout Christian then. Mm-hmm. And he was he was actually looking for this is for his words, centers of creation. Yeah. Uh, which is basically evidence that God or a divine creator made the animals. Exactly. And that's what he was looking for. But that, that's exactly where we were before he came up with evolution. Okay. It, so in the 1600s, John Ray English, a naturalist and minister, he placed us, he's the first guy that placed us in the order of primates, which is controversial because it implied that people were part of nature along with animals and plants. Okay. In the 1800s, this guy named Lamarck, so Darwin started writing The Origin of Species in 1838. Okay, this is in the 1800s. This so it guy, took him 20 years to write. Yeah, it took him 20 years to write. This guy, Lamarck, he's thought that animals evolved. Lamarck is the dude that everyone's listening to at this time. Yeah, everyone's listening to at this time. Okay. 
He thought that animals evolved by stretching out. So he thought that giraffes evolved long necks by stretching to get leaves. He thought that herons evolved their long legs by stretching them to remain dry. That was the accepted hypothesis at that time. Rough. Okay, so that's super rough, right? But Darwin was the first person to document that that's not what happened with the finches. And I just think that everything that we know about how he came to be is evolution. And not just for humans, but also for the planet as well. Like if you think about geology, you know, if you accept that these natural processes that occur now also occurred in the past to create who we were, then you can start to apply it to other fields. You could say that the earth became like it is today, right? By the natural processes that occur now, by tectonic plates, by volcanoes, and not by like some crazy thing like God putting us here or, or aliens coming here. You accept that we're all part of this natural flow, this life cycle. Deep. But it's, it's true. And, and back then, they didn't think like that at all. They, they, this one dude, George Cuvier, here's what he thought, okay? He thought that evolution happened like this. Shit happens, basically. A volcano blows up, a meteor hits the earth, and it kills a bunch of species, and then others move in. Yeah. So there's, there's no chain, but really we're part of a greater chain on this planet. I think that it really, without going to space, it's one of those things that really puts us in our place about who we are and what we're doing here. Yeah. Do you, do you know, just, just interesting fact, do you know like one of the reasons when he started to doubt religion? No, go ahead. Okay, one of one of one of the things that happened that made him really doubt was that he found a wasp, a certain type of wasp, white, that, white Anglo-Saxon Protestant. Exactly. No, yeah. a wasp, a bee, Waspy? a bee. Yeah. He found a bee that paralyzes caterpillars. Okay. So this bee paralyzes caterpillars and then has their has the has their young, the wasp's young, eat the caterpillar alive, and it's this torturous yeah process fucking crazy wasp. process fucking and wasp. he what he could yeah fucking wasp what, what he couldn't get over yeah. was if there was a benevolent creator if there was one god why would he cause this suffering, so much this pain crazy in the universe and this crazy suffering because what it means is that if there was a god he put the species on the earth exactly how they're made and so he would have made the wasp do do these evil acts to this caterpillar basically and so he couldn't he couldn't reconcile that I, I mean, this is the same God that caused a flood to kill the whole world when Noah's Ark, Noah floated on the Ark, though, you know? Is it this God is not, it's not a benevolent God. Is that how you say something that is not, not so bad, right? I, forget, I mix that up with a malicious all the time. Yeah, it's not a benevolent God, but I think that, that it, was, it was hard for him to understand. Okay. D- this is a quote from him while, yeah. while he was having his religious struggles. Yeah. During these two years, I was led to think much about religion. Whilst on board the Beagle, I was quite orthodox. And I remember being heartily laughed at by several of the officers mm-hmm. for quoting the Bible as an unanswerable authority on some point of morality. So he's still quoting the Bible to the crew. Yeah. Well, that's how religious he was. It's really common that these early scientists were also ministers. Yeah. Because they, to, to be educated, you sort of had to be in that, in that vein, in that field. Yeah. He goes on. Yeah. I suppose it was the novelty of the argument that amused them. But I had gradually come by this time to see that the Old Testament, from its manifestly false history of the world, with the Tower of Babel, rainbow as a sign, etc., etc., and from its attributing to God the feelings of a, of a revengeful tyrant. Mm-hmm. So, so actually, the revengeful God is why it made him stop believing in it. Yeah, was no more to be trusted in the sacred books of the Hindus or the beliefs of any barbarian. Yeah, so that's this when he's struggling. Very, this is eighteen, the very ahead of his time. Do you right? want to, do you want to hear what he said at the end of his life? Yeah, I this do. is a quote from the end of his life. Mm-hmm. In my most extreme fluctuations, I have never been an atheist in the sense of denying the existence of a God. I think that generally, and more and more so as I grow older, but not always, that
that an agnostic would be the most correct description of my state of mind. So this is when he was asked, obviously, does he believe in God? So by agnostic, he means someone that believes that the existence or non-existence of God cannot be proved. Oh, okay, so he's not an atheist. Not an atheist. He's an agnostic. Agnostic, which is, I guess, technically more scientific because I guess you can't prove it one way, or the other, but it's kind of dumb because I, I can't, I can't prove that unicorns are are right. not alive. Okay, well, it's funny because you know people use the evolutionary theory as evidence for the non-existence of God, right? But he himself wouldn't go that far. He wouldn't go that far. He himself. Yeah. Yeah. I think another thing that's really cool about him is he when he wrote the Origin of Species, he wrote it for the common man. He didn't write it for an academic journal because he wasn't an academic. Love it. Which is ama- which I wish we had more of today. That's why I think why he's my number one is because he really is just some guy traveling around, seeing things, and making, making theories and doing his own studies about what he's seeing, which is science in its most basic form. It's just you don't have to have a lab coat to do science. Yeah. I think that's what's important. I think he's up there because he – and I like what you said. He's, he's the start of all these theories, right? Yeah. Not just evolution, but that man is an animal. Exactly. Man is part of nature. Okay, I like that one. Let's let's move on to let's, to, move, let's move on to number Chuck. three. Fucking Chuck. Darling. I agree with Chuck. Motherfucking. I agree with Chuck. Do you like that number one pick? Yeah, yeah. No, that was up there for me. It has to be. Okay, give me number. Give me the third pick. Which and is now your I'm in my Zengitas. I'm kind of lost in my Zengitas, and I'm trying right, to link back nuts. to the other note. Okay, my second pick of the draft. And this is only a three-person team, so this is a really intense pick. It's probably going to have to be Archimedes. What the fuck is that? Okay, Archimedes is a Greek inventor who lived on the island of Syracuse and he was probably the finest mind of all time and I'm going to prove to you why I think that could have been a sleeper for you at number three because I don't fuck. even have him on my fucking outline. shit do you know what I mean fuck as far as fuck. like a football thing a fantasy yeah. football yeah I should take like, it just too high. no that was a deep cut he's a deep cut that's a deep cut I don't have him anywhere I don't even know what he did fuck so that's that's really that's a mistake yeah, it is. It was a draft so, mistake. But keep, keep going. Okay, so what did Archimedes do, right? I was worried you were going to take him. I, 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 thought, I thought you had him. I don't have him. You know, my, my theory is impact, really, not I, invention. The thing is, I've, he always comes up, and I've read so much about him. Here's the thing. The first, he went to school in Alexandria, Cairo, which is like where if back in the day, though the BC days, if you had a lot of money, you would send your kids to an expensive boarding school in Cairo, in Alexandria, to get a good education, I guess. He came back from there. When he was in his 20s, and he invented the Archimedes screw, which is a spiral-shaped device that could be placed in when a river. When is this, by the way? What? When is this? Sorry. We're in, like, BC 200. We're way back. We're way back. Okay, so he invented the screw. He invented the screw. Okay? You can place it in a river. Water travels uphill, so you can fill your water bucket with this Archimedes screw. So it's, it was used to build the Hanging Gardens of Babylon. So how does it work? Sorry. How does it's, this, I don't get it. So it's a... Uh, you have a lever, right? And it's turning this spiral stair. It's like a spiral staircase inside of a cylinder. And you turn. What's the point of it? Just what's the point it, of this The thing? point of it is easily to get when you go down to fill up your buckets of water from the river. Instead of, instead of like painstakingly dumping your big giant bucket in, which you can't do if you want to fill up a large pot, you can turn it so that the water will come up from the river into the bucket. So it's basically like a form of, of pressure irrigation. That made water closer to the because, building sites, right? Because beforehand, you would have to manually go down with your bucket, grab the water. So, fill I, up so he would build this long, build so like a they long. Didn't, they didn't thing. have to go down to the river. They didn't have to go down to the river anymore, and they could fill up giant things of water. Get water faster. Get water faster. The Archimedes Easier. screw. Right? Got it. 
once again, right? This is way back in the fucking day when he doesn't have a degree or anything. He's just basically a genius, right? Like when was Gal- Galileo was, was like fifteen was was what? They're way after this. Wait, yeah, exactly. So I thousands uh, of that's years. That's why I wanted to focus on these guys is because they didn't have the infrastructure and they still got shit. D- they got so much shit done without the inner without the internet. You know, without so, so fucking he, anything. So he helped without fucking being penicillin what else? or antibiotics. What else? Okay. One thing about Archimedes I like, I like guys that are married to the game. Like Chuck Darwin, I'm going to go on a five-year journey around the world. Right. I like marriage to the game. I like, yeah. Okay? He would have to be carried violently to bathe by his students. Okay? He, sorry, what? He'd have to be carried violently, vi- like kicking and screaming by his students to bathe because he smelled so bad. He never took like, baths or slept. Wow. Okay? That's called marriage to the when game. When he was in the bath, he would trace geometric figures in the ashes of the fire used to heat his bath. And he would work out theories of math. He was like one of the first great mathematicians because he wanted to use math to prove his concepts. He would trace out mathematical figures on the oil on his body when people would bathe him. That's called marriage to the game. He hated bathing. He hated sleeping, bathing, working in, out, in eating. He hated eating anything, anything that was besides not locked in. Anything besides being locked in. Right. Okay. Here's the famous story about how he became favored by the king. When, when you do research on Archimedes, you hear things about Archimedes. It's basically the king, King Huron, who was the king of Syracuse at that time, comes down and asks him, Archimedes, I need, oh, I'm in trouble. I need you to do something for me. This is how he made all okay. of his great inventions. Yeah, c- come on, okay. Archimedes. This is called the Golden Crown story. All right? So there was a local goldsmith commissioned by King Huron to put golden crowns on the statues of the famous Greeks all around the temple. But he couldn't tell that these crowns were pure gold. There's no way to tell. He thought... King Huron, that the dude swindled the him. The dude fucked him. Yeah, the local goldsmith, that they weren't right. gold. They were so silver. he goes to Archimedes to help him out. So he's like, Archimedes, I need your help. Okay. I need you to tell me if these things are pure gold or not. Okay. Archimedes couldn't work it out. But once when one of his students dragged him to the bath because he smelled so bad and he was working on this problem, like he stank so bad, he realized when the water spilled over the tub that he could solve this issue with water. Okay. Oh my God. After he had yeah. an, after he had this epiphany, this is what he did. Sometimes this is called married to the game. Ashley gave me a look. She took out her headphones and gave me a look. He ran out of the bathtub, naked, through the streets of Syracuse, and shouted, "Eureka! I have found it!" And never got dressed, just naked. Just ran back to his house naked. Yes. So he also thus invented the practice Wait, of, hold on. What of shouting "Eureka!" Whoa, 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 whoa! What when happened? you find something. Oh, so, so, he, that was, so when people were wait, gold really? mining, and they say Eureka, that comes from Archimedes. Wow. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Right. So Good there shit. you go. Good shit. So the solution, right, was to put a weight of gold equal to the crown, known to be pure, into the water, and compare it to the actual crowns that the local goldsmith had given to the king. Is water displacement basically? It's water displacement, right? And okay. and what did he find? And he found that they had in fact been swindled. And what happened to that fucking goldsmith? You can imagine. I mean, he stole from the king. You can imagine. What do you, what no, do you think? I know what he happened to the king. I know what happened to the goldsmith. He got right? fucking beheaded. But also, can you imagine the pressure on Archimedes? Yeah. To be confident in his findings. Yeah, but this is when he becomes the king's boy. All right, king. Yeah, okay. The king's like this. man. Okay. Meanwhile, by doing this, he invented the laws of fluid dynamics. He discovered the force of buoyancy by doing this with the crowns, which is used in in boats, used in pulley systems, used in what have you today. Yeah, he, he literally discovered the force of buoyancy and how to calculate it. 
because he one thing that he was really big on is using math the mathematical proofs to prove his concepts, which obviously for science now is a huge deal. You need math. Math represents the laws of nature. Okay, prove what you're saying. Okay, so then he becomes the king's boy. He becomes the king's boy. Okay, here's something else. The king comes down to Archimedes' workshop, I imagine, and he says, "Archimedes, I need you to build me a gigantic boat. That's really awesome." So Archimedes says, "Okay, all right." So Archimedes builds a boat called the Syracusia. Okay, it's built basically out of sixty different ships, the material that you'd usually use for sixty different ships. It took one thousand men one year to build, and he's the only architect on this thing. This a is just fucking huge boat. Here's the thing about him: he's just so multi-dimensional. Like you know, fucking the dude who drew who drew the thing. He made paintings. Not Van Gogh. Not Van Gogh. Picasso? No, not Picasso. God damn it. Oh, uh, fuck Da Vinci. Da Vinci, right? He's a da, the, I love these Da Vinci minds. That they are right. so good at so many Can different things. Can you imagine dispense. without video games what or weed, we could do? What or one weed. can do? Or weed. Or weed. Is that the point of this? Or sex. Or eating or sleeping or bathing. Right. Eating, sleeping, bathing, sex, weed, video Eat, games. sleep, bathe, sex, video games. When you take all that away, mm-hmm. you're just left with the game. You're just left with what do you have left? You're married to the game. You're right? married to the game. Okay. This giant ship, the interior of the Syracuse was constructed of wood and also marble, which is crazy at the time. It's dining. It had a dining hall. It had a gymnasium. It had a library how many and people, a temple. How many people could it hold? I don't know how many people it could hold, but it was too big to fit in any of the ports in Syracuse. So the king had to actually donate it. Not donate. He gave it as a gift when he got it because it was just too big to fit anywhere. Okay. This boat. But the cool thing is that he invented the pulley systems for the boat. He invented, like, the lever and the pulley. Okay? The basic construction... The basic building blocks of construction, scaffolding, and foundations. He invented okay. the pulley. Okay. Can I talk about your pick now? Just as, like, a meta? Like, Go as ahead. your yeah, pick? meta pick. Um, I like the guy. Like, I like the guy itself. I don't think it's... I think it's a bad pick, though. No. How? I think it's a bad pick for a couple of reasons. One one is that um, it's obscure, and you used your. It's not a. It's, it's not kind obscure. of obscure. It could have been your last pick. It's kind of obscure, and and the main reason is that his impact. Although he's a really cool guy, his impact is nowhere near what like a what Robert Oppenheimer is. Wait, 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 what are you talking who about? Who stopped the Nazis from coming? He he invented irrigation. He invented the lever and pulley system. Okay. He invented not sleeping, eating, or bathing, and smelling bad as a professor. Okay, okay, okay but then, but then you invented eureka. No, no, I understand that. But if, if we're, I'm if, not done. I'm not done either. No, but listen, the, just your logical just, just, just suck it. Your logical train, the logical train you're going on is is number of inventions. And no, that, I'm not going but, to number but of that, inventions. That's that wrong. logical train would go to Isaac I'm, Newton, no, right? I'm, because no, he no, is really the father no, 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 of, no, no, of gravity. No. I'm not going on number of inventions. I'm going on the difficulty of the task at hand. This is a someone with. N- He's not associated with the university. But he doesn't have a degree. Why does difficulty of the task have anything to do with impact? I, we're talking about the greatest scientist. That, to me, greatness is coming from a hardship and doing something amazing with it. Like where you started and where you ended, and that difference, that delta, okay. is how I calculate. But what it. if I came from hardship mm-hmm. and I did something fucking unbelievable, like I was able to shoot a rocket out of my ass? Yeah. That you doesn't mean on, oh, here that go. the Here's ass— Noah. That doesn't mean— no, I draft you a second to, now. Listen to me. That doesn't mean that the ass rocket— has any cool impact on the world? We're talking. We're not talking about impact, though. The it was greatest. That's how I, the greatest scientist. Well, I'm debating your your theory of picking. I'm debating your theory of picking. I'm saying that if you just go by hardship and invention, it doesn't really mean anything because I'm not going, I, I'm not going by whoever hardship. made the the dildo. Yeah, that's a huge invention. 
Okay. It's not really. It's not that complicated. No, never mind. That's a stupid. It's yeah. a stupid example. It's not. Um, do you, you know what? The ass rocket, though. If I made an ass rocket, it's right? It's not that great of an invention, though. But if you made an ass rocket that could blast you to Mars, that would be a great invention. You might be on this list. Okay. But it, no, but what I'm saying is, is a pointless invention. If I made a, if I made an amazing right. invention that was pointless, it wouldn't mean anything. And so, wh- why does it matter? But these aren't pointless inventions. They're not. These, these are the foundations of our society. They're not pointless, but I think impact matters more. These have a humongous impact. That's the thing. But Isaac Newton, his invent, his what he found has Here's a thing. bigger impact. Robert than this Oppenheimer, guy. right? He worked with fission and he worked with nuclear bombs, right? Those that none of that could have been done working with that level of physics without Galileo, without right. Isaac well, Newton, without know, the, the game, people that came before. The, the game isn't fair, but setting the building, the foundation is more important than down the road. Okay, so I thought, okay, and now, okay, now I have, I have, I've prepared my defense for this. Yeah, if you're, t- if you're, you're we're gonna go foundation, then you would have to say that Igor, the caveman that invented the wheel. Right is the most yeah. important. No, fucking yes. So you would. I, I so almost. You I would have Igor, fucking the Igor, guy who invented the wheel. Yeah. So on you. you would draft Igor first, absolutely. Because he did a lot with a little. Yes. Yeah. That's greatness. That's what greatness no, is. No. Greatness is defeating the e- an evil empire from taking over. Robert I mean, fucking I'm not, Oppenheimer. That, I'm not saying that that's not great, but he had Robert Oppenheimer had a massive Igor, team, Igor, including Einstein. Igor that Igor that made a fucking wheel, including he, Einstein. You don't understand. Archimedes is a one man show. There's everyone else in ancient Syracuse is like trying to light their farts on fire. Okay? They're not they're not thinkers, right? They're trying to build a mud hut, light their farts on fire and hit their kids. Right? <laughs> you know, and just like in that and order. sleep with their chickens. Like like no one is trying to make the Archimedes screw. Like he's a one man show back then. You'll understand. Do no. you get it? Like th- this I, guy is a seminal so, okay, character. So I, uh, I'm actually I'm switching to understanding. I want to understand. He's you. a titular. Just he's the titular it. character. I want to understand this. You just go by achievement. Achievement. Sheer achievement is how you pick the greatest scientists of all time. Just what no. they have achieved. No, that's too. That's too simple. That's not it. That's not what so I'm what's doing. So what's your? Algorithm? I just told you what I'm doing. Okay. Greatness for me. I really valued that these guys. The cards were stacked against them. They had no university backing them. They had no team. They had a bunch of morons because they lived in the Middle Ages behind them. And besides all that, they had no antibiotics. You know, they fucking probably slept on the floor. They didn't bathe. They still managed to create things that we still use today. And I think that that is really important. Robert Oppenheimer stood on the shoulders of giants. These are the giants I'm t- um, that he stood on. I'm telling you about the people yeah, that it- set him up. Right, but but Igor also set up great scientist Arch- Archimedes. Igor, okay, I'm gonna finish. But with Igor's Archimedes. making the wheel for his fucking, you know, his fucking whatever the fucking Listen, pet he has. This is my second pick. You are gonna have your second pick in a second. Okay, finish, please, so I can go. I will finish, but it's I want you to enjoy the, the amazingness of this man. I'm enjoying okay. it. I, I think. All he's right. Amazing. So anyway, so the levers, right? He told the king. The king challenged him. Can you lift a boat? And Archimedes said, King, King Heron, I can lift anything. So he, like I said, he invented cogs and pulleys and he was able to lift a giant ship. So he invented scaffolding, cranes, construction, blah, blah, blah. Math proofs, we went over. He was obsessed with proving that anything worked with math. Guess what? He discovered the ratio of a circle circumference to its diameter using what? Math. In Algebra what? using pi. He discovered pi. He ever heard, ever heard of it? Have you ever heard of pi? What is, what is the, the deal with pi? What is it? <laughs> the ratio 
of a circle's circumference to its diameter is 3.14. And he realized that that is... And then he, he realized the that, equation. that he realized that that is a constant. These dudes love geometry. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. He's, okay. So he's he legit. fucking discovered. He's uh, legit. He discovered he's like legit. all of the numerals of pi. Still don't agree with your pick, <coughs> which is unbelievable because don't he, agree didn't, with your pick. he didn't have a fucking calculator with your pick. or a computer or anything. By your logic, okay. Igor should be the best scientist of all time. You like this? The king came down one day. I'm just like the king is coming down like deep. The king's going down. Boy. He keeps going down, down like below the surface of the earth, and there's Archimedes like naked working on stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's like Archimedes. The Romans are invading Syracuse. Fuck. Can you build weapons of war and help me defeat the Romans? Okay. And Archimedes, what do you think he said? He said, "I'm so happy I have something else to work on." And then he scratched his naked ass and he got to work. Okay, because he's married to the fucking game. Because he doesn't care. He, he doesn't give a he, fuck. He, he wants to. He do. doesn't give a fuck. He wants to do what a doer. He doesn't give a shit. No uh, weed. No video games. No bathing. This. No this sex. This is fucking crazy. Nothing. He created what is known as the Archimedes Claw. The claw was attached to a pulley system, which he also invented, which grabbed Roman boats and dumped and picked the boat up and dumped the boat and all of its crew into the Mediterranean. Did it work? Yes. How the, what is it? It's literally a, a big hand of metal that shoots out from these cliffs, grabs boats, and picks them up. Have you seen a... a, a no, there's accounts. There's real historical accounts of people facing the Archimedes Claw. But, but there's, no, there's no, like, record of it. No, there is a record of it. There's paintings and there's historical firsthand accounts of it. So w- where is it? Where is the claw? Can I see a video of it? How does the claw work? You can. If, on your free time, you can do whatever you want. It's a free country. But I, I don't get it. But then why Why don't we still have the claw? I, I've never heard of the why claw. Why don't we have an Archimedes claw? I've because never we have heard missiles, of, Noah. We have rockets and missiles. I just never heard of this fucking claw that shoots and I, I had neither. It's really sick, right? Back in the day. Okay, people are people are shoving. Did they use the claw? People are wiping just chicken poo sh- on their face because they're so dumb. He instead <laughs> yeah. came up with a claw that could grab a boat and flip it upside down. So That's what and, he did. and it was used. And it was used. Okay, and it was really effective. Guess what? He also invented the catapult to send stones and missiles into the Roman boats. Guess what he also invented? He also set up mirrors, a bunch of mirrors at different angles to reflect the sun onto boats and burn them. Yeah. Yeah. That's good shit. Here's what happened to him when he died, okay? Eventually, the Romans did take over Syracuse. But the Roman general... He respected Archimedes so much because he knew that basically the only thing holding up Syracuse was Archimedes and all of his inventions and everything. So he was like, you got to find Archimedes. He's an asset to the empire. Like, they're Roman, right? That's how they think, right? They didn't want to kill him. However, they had no idea what he looked like. They didn't know he was going to be a naked old man working on the beach. Scratching his ass. Scratching his ass. Archimedes was on a beach in the middle of working on geometry, in, like literally in the middle of the war, on the beach. He was super mad when a Roman soldier came and like scuffed his uh, his drawings, and he said, "Don't disturb my circles." Before being stabbed to death by the Roman soldier, what? who didn't know who he was. So the Romans, sa- Romans take over Syracuse. Yeah, right. Yeah, he's he's just doing algebra on the beach as is his wont. Yeah. And a Roman soldier comes up, scuffs the circles, doesn't know who he is, yeah. doesn't know that his empire needs him, yeah. and kills him. Yeah, exactly. When did they find out that he's Archimedes? Uh, I, I don't know. Apparently they did at some point. That's his death. That, that's how he died. He was 75, 76. That is insane. It's a bummer, right? Don't disturb my circles. And dies. And gets stabbed to death. 
the greatest thinker of Didn't that time. Didn't give a shit about what was going on. The greatest thinker of my time. I rest my case. Archimedes is my second pick. I have Chuck Darwin, a man who invented modern biology. I have Archimedes, a man who invented modern engineering. You have Robert Oppenheimer, a man who stood on the shoulders of Chuck Darwin. No, I, I have I have Robert Oppenheimer, Oppenheimer the man the, the man that defeated the evil an, an evil empire, right? That they would have gotten the bomb. We would have been in a completely different world. You have. Charles Darwin married his cousin, but did invent modern biology, and then you have Archimedes, who invented engineering, basically. What's your pick? Okay. My second pick, and again, I go by impact, because I have a brain, and I actually think about things. All right, so my second pick is John Muir. Muir. Okay, John Muir. 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 Is it Muir? I love that you picked John Muir. It's Johnny Johnny Muir. M. I, I feel like I had to take him second, because you probably had him next. There's John Kent and John Muir. Okay. Right? And they worked, they were in cahoots. Um... The reason I picked John Muir is because he, although multiple presidents were involved with the creation of the national... Oh, this is a pretentious pick. This is a very pretentious pick. Mine are a little pretentious. I appreciate the pretentiousness of this pick. Okay, so basically, he is is the father of of the national parks. For sure. Uh, For sure. For sure. Without him, we would have... We might not have any national parks, and our national parks would be owned by Pepsi... And when you go to the entrance of the national park, you have to take a picture with with a Pepsi. You got to pay a hundred dollars to get in. It essentially be like Mexico. And what I'm saying is, if you've ever been to Mexico and been to any of their quote unquote natural wonders, you will see what happens with a pri- privatized natural world. Mm-hmm. It's fucking bad. Or Texas. Or you can go to Texas. Or you can go thing. to Texas yeah. and realize. And, and when there's nothing, there's no nature. You're like, where's all the nature? It's behind it's someone's ranch. It's, it's on everyone's ranch. It's literally land. behind someone's ranch that they never see. And if you pay thirty bucks, you could swim for a few hours, maybe. Yeah, maybe you can swim for a few hours. Mm-hmm. Okay, so basically, John stopped all that, and that's why America has a national park system. And without fucking him, we would be fucked, and we'd be fucking Mexico. Here's what John Muir said: mm-hmm. Everyone needs beauty as well as bread. Places to play in and pray in where nature may heal and cheer and give strength to body and soul alike. And that is why you can go to national parks and pay very little to see beautiful nature. Because if, if without John Muir, it'd be fucking Mexico and there'd be margarita stands. You go to a national park and you have to buy a margarita and it'd just be it'd be a thousand dollars to go. Yeah. Um, so John Muir, he was inspired. He went to university and then he left because he grew bored. Right. And he went to what he called the University of the Wilderness. Then he moved to San Francisco. He spent time wandering around Yosemite. Some of his first legal battles were for the life of Yosemite, basically, where everyone wanted to develop it, and he stopped it in the 1890s. Then he befriended Teddy Roosevelt, not the cousin fucker. The bull moose. The we're bull moose. About the the bull man moose. of the bull moose party. Okay, yeah. Theodore Roosevelt, the first Roosevelt. The two of them went backpacking in Yosemite, and John inspired Theodore to become – Theodore is known as the conservation president. Um, he went on that the president to protect 148 million acres of forest reserves, 50 regions for the protection of wildlife, five, and and found five national parks. And most important of all, he established the Antiquities Act, mm-hmm. and that was the first law in the U.S. that established that lands of great scientific or cultural significance Very cool. yep. are obligated to be protected by the federal government. And I think that it's it's really important to note. Again, we're describing it to Mexico. The other countries don't have this rule where it, if a land is super, super beautiful, the federal government needs to step in yeah. to protect it. But also, I think it's really important, the cultural point. And those laws, I could tell you, are still used today. Quick story. When I was doing surveying in Yosemite, there are areas of Yosemite still today, and they're marked on GPS satellite maps 
where you can find arrowhead after arrowhead after arrowhead. You're just picking them up off the ground. These arrowheads from native people. That's right? crazy. So that is part of the reason he wanted to implement these parks is because we have to preserve the history of the peoples who lived here before. Um, John also founded the Sierra Club. The Sierra Club Sick. is now one of the most power. So after this was after a fight. Just remember, you know Hetch Hetchy? Mm-hmm. They were going to dam that this river. Is a, a, this is a lake in Yosemite. It's a lake in Reservoir. Yosemite. And they wanted people, the commercial interests wanted to dam it. Yeah. Basically, if you dam that river, you'd totally fuck Yosemite. Well, we fucked those rivers up. We did fuck them real hard. But have we fucked them? We fucked them. We fucked with them gold sideways, mining, right? With mining, with damming, with yeah, recreation, yeah, yeah. with highways. We fucked them. Okay, but we would have fucked them even more. Okay, so he wins a major legal battle to stop Hetch uh, from being dammed. He realized that he needed to. He wanted to found an organization that fought stuff like this. Sick. So he founds the Sierra Club. It's now one of the most powerful environmental organizations in the world. It has three and a half million members. Wow. Um, for instance, if you're like, what have they done recently? Mm-hmm. In the 2000s, they stopped 170 coal-powered power plants from being built. They also defeated a plan that would have turned Sequoia National Monument into a locking facility. That's not good. Right. So the good thing we have them. Mm-hmm. Um, other cool things about John, he was a fantastic craftsman. In Yosemite, when he was living there, he built his own log cabin, and he built it above a creek. Mm-hmm. So the creek flowed through the bottom of his cabin. So sick. So fucking sick. So John being responsible for the American National Parks, he's, he's, my, he's my confident, my number two on my team. He is also a guy that just feels it. He lives his brand. He would go up into the top of redwood trees during storms just to experience what that would be like at the top of these trees and stay there. Right. And it's amazing. Right. By climbing. It's very possible without him, we wouldn't have national parks. Right. Or the, I mean, the world wouldn't have it, right? The world wouldn't have national parks. Like the theory of national parks. The theory, national, the theory, of, theory of, of the idea theory of national that parks. we need to stop developing and preserve these areas. It's a great pick. Yeah, thank you. It's thank, a good you pick. thank you. Thank he you. He lived his fucking brand too. You like, All right. We like guys that are married to the game. I, I like marriage to the I game. I like living and your that brand. beard, the beard he had is a marriage to the game. Yeah. It's absolute marriage. You got to say. All right. My last pick, so my, my third pick. And I debated this a lot. Yeah. And this is a night. You're going to like how potential, pretentious this one is, too. Yeah. It's Rachel Carson. Oh, the starter of the environmental movement. The starter of the Silent, modern. Silent Spring. The Silent Spring. Exactly. The starter of the modern environmental movement. Wow. You went. Who's your first pick again? So my first. It's Robert Oppenheimer for defeating the, wow. fe, defeating the Nazis. Yeah. I have a fucking team. Robert Oppenheimer for defeating the Nazis. John Muir for starting the national parks. And Rachel Carson for stop, I for can't believe you picked Rachel, Rachel Carson, Carson, but she basically stopped companies from being able to do whatever they want that environmentally. Is, Jesus, that's a soft pick, though. That is Fuck a reach. You, you. Re- you reach for Rachel Carson. Fuck, that is I, a huge reach. Well, because okay, so here was I was debating. It, it was Rachel Carson, or David Attenborough, or Thomas Edison or Isaac Newton. I couldn't. I it was very hard to figure out. I mean, the easy. I'm gonna get rid of Isaac. So pretentious because it's too easy. We we should touch on Isaac. We should touch on. He should be touched on. He, ne- I feel like he's the pick before the game. We like eliminated him from the draft because it's too, it's too obvious. But his his he's like the most lock of locks. No, no, no. He has a huge impact for science, but he doesn't. Ha- but for society, what is his impact? I guess his calculus, his the economy. Yeah, Okay, can I just well let me tell you about a world without Rachel Carson because I I don't Rachel Carson. What did I haven't read Silent Spring? I've read it. 
You have read it? I've read Silent Spring. Let me just give a little background just for one second. Yeah. Okay. Um, in 1962, there is widespread use of DDT. DDT is a chemical that it not just kill it doesn't just kill the animal that it kills. It kills basically the offspring of that animal for generations and, and generations until that animal just fucking dies. I just like to say that my team would would kick your team's ass. They would they would kick ass in a war with my team and your team. That's so funny is that my team invited invented the atom bomb. So that's not that's literally not true. Uh my team my team, my team would fuck My team. team invented the Archimedes claw. Your team would have sex like the with Archimedes my team's claw. cousin. Your team your team would have sex with his cousin. Archimedes is not a cousin fucker. We, we, not in any fucker. You have more cousin fucking on your team than me. I know. I have more genius. I have genius on my team. You have like hippies. You have a bunch of hippies. I have. I. I just. I. I focus on the impact. The impact is what matters. You have Nazis. I. I just agree. Shut, with just, just shut up for a second. Yeah. You have not in your world. Who's Nazis run your world? No, they don't. Because what are you no, talking about? You know what? You know what your world's like. Yeah. Nazis run your world, and they they fund scientists, and those scientists make no, make, no, no. make great no. inventions, and that's what you like. Charles Darwin, the theory of evolution. Helped disproved what the Nazis thought, right? It should should be used against the Nazis, where they think that there's a superior race. Okay, there's not a superior race. We're all just part of nature. Okay, that's why I have Chuck Darwin, who disproved the Nazis. In not Rachel Carson in 1962. Yeah, there's widespread use of DDT. Calm, Chuck. It's DDT is really fucking bad. Every like a lot of times, U.S. citizens, you would go to your backyard and you'd find dead squirrels. That were that had dirt in their mouth, and what had happened is that they died by DDT, and it was so painful their death from DDT that they had been chewing on like the dirt because in like a in like a fit. Mm-hmm. Um, so in comes Rachel Carson. At this point, companies and like corporations didn't have any any like restrictions. So if DDT was more cost effective for Monsanto to pr- to produce a lot of food. They were just gonna spray DDT everywhere. What is DDT? Can you say DDT is just, it's a it's a pesticide. Yeah, it's a, it's it's a, a terri- very ha- very intense, harmful, it, pesticide. extremely harmful pesticide. Mm-hmm. Um, There's a so, lot of side effects. So the reason I picked her is not just because of her environmental impact, but she was also the first one to point out that ads that you see on t- on TV or in newspaper they don't tell you the truth of an organization. Okay, she was the first person not to believe those in power, basically in as far as environmental, their environmental impact, mm-hmm. corporations. Yeah. Um, what the Silent Spring is is she was already famous for writing books about the ocean by this point. Okay. And then she wrote the book The Silent Spring, which is about specifically DDT and pesticides. It's called Silent Spring because it's about a it's about a like a futuristic um, town, utopia town where everything is amazing. They're they're harm they're harmonized with nature and then suddenly their nature starts dying and they have a silent spring Mm -hmm. okay and the silent spring is there's no birds or anything because they're all dead right and the point is that we killed them that the ddt killed them yeah okay um the book that this book silent spring it received immediate backlash from farming companies and they sought out to discredit her um and this is from the new york times who writes about like the attacks that she received after after writing the Silent Spring, and I quote from the article: "The personal attacks against Carson were stunning. She was accused of being a communist sympathizer, dismissed as a spinster with an affinity for cats. In one threatening letter, the general counsel of a large farming initiative insinuated that there were sinister influences in Carson's work. She was some kind of agricultural propagandist in the employ of the Soviet Union." He implied, and her intention was to reduce Western countries' ability to produce food to achieve East Curtain parity. So basically, she was called a crazy woman. She was called 
a she was part of the Soviet crazy Union, cat lady. crazy cat lady. She's part of the Soviet Union, and that sinister influence is that she was possessed by a demon. So they basically did everything because if they couldn't use DDT anymore, it was gonna it was gonna hurt their profits. Yeah. Right. Luckily, John F. Kennedy, she had the ear of John. Oh, John's ear. So while she's getting shit on by all these farming companies, these big the big agricultural companies, John was like, maybe there's something to it. Okay, and he had her in a famous testimony testify before before Congress. And her book, Testimony and Activism, it led to these modern environmental laws that are everywhere now. Again, the Clean Air Act, 1963, that we, you see everywhere today. The Wilderness Act, 1964. The National Environmental Policy Act of 1969. The Clean Water Act and the Endangered Species Act, both in 1972. So she is she is the founder of the modern environmental movement. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I mean, that that would be the thing if you looked her up right now. That would be the thing it would probably say on Wikipedia, right? She founded the environmental movement by writing that book. Right. Not and 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 again, I'll mention that not only did she find found the modern environmental movement, but she was also the first one that questioned when it, when you see a newspaper article from. A, a a company she questioned if that was right that you just can't you can't totally listen to that yeah okay so you you like uh you like when someone has the courage to speak out yeah she's she she really likes she speak if she hadn't spoken out and we did and we didn't have we don't have those laws we're, we're i mean we're already we're already kind of effed we would be like i mean the, imagine all the ddt and all the how many more creatures would be dead or species would be dead here's the thing i like the pick I just think that it's a reach. For three? For, for it's my a reach. three? All of your people, you have two environmentalists, okay? And all of your people are American. Fuck yeah. Is that a coincidence? Okay, but let me say this. We're talking about the greatest scientist of all time. She wrote a very effective book and started the environmentalist, or environmental movement, right? Okay, okay. But, yeah. but I would say, okay, I would say with, with global warming, okay, she is. She might be the most important. And more, most important. I don't really think she's a titan of science, though. Is what I'm trying to say. I wouldn't okay, have her but, in my top three. But you, a lot, a lot of things that that your top, done, your top three would want to go remember, like sleep you, in a tree. Do you remember when you sleep in a tree? Do you remember when you worked in Yosemite? I did. I remember, do remember. remember that. No. Without Rachel, you wouldn't be working in Yosemite. Without John. Without John. or John or John or John. As far as impact on our lives. Rachel Carson and John Muir had the biggest impact. Okay, not the maybe not the greatest scientist of all time, but big impact on your life personally. No, but okay, then I would argue that actually her work, Rachel Carson, was more. Imp- so her book, Silent Spring, has been read by two million people. That's more people than Archimedes impacted. How was that in his day? Are you serious with the pulley? Yeah, suck yeah. it. Look at look at this house we're living in. He impacted this house that we're living in right now. Right, and this house, if there wasn't the Clean Air Act or the Clean Water Act. You, what would be in the water, and, uh, and if we went outside and go, went to take a walk, what would be in the air? Because we didn't have any regulation before. Suck it. Can I? Can I? Can I? Do you, let, I'm gonna let you finish. I'm gonna go to honorable mentions. Sure. Okay. Okay. For my third pick, by the way, my last two picks. Number one, I picked Chuck Darwin, the man who invented modern biology. Number two, I picked Archimedes, scientist, inventor, smelled bad. Amazing thinker, maybe the greatest thinker of all time. Number three, I will pick Nikola Tesla, and I'm not sure about the S. I think you've, a, I think you have a, a, a macho issue. Really? Yeah, I think that what I'm, what I'm oh, finding, no. oh, here we what go. I'm finding this through, your, what I'm yeah. finding through your picks 
is that you have kind of like a desire for machismo or to be more macho in your in your life. I don't understand. You have John Muir who went up to the top of redwood trees just to experience but a not storm. Like, no, no, macho guy. He's just like he's a, he's a he's a hippie, as you yourself described. Robert yeah. Oppenheimer, you know, he he led the team to make the atomic bomb. It's right, macho. Slightly macho. Slightly macho. Right, but Nikola Tesla is an icon. Okay, do you know that people still but dress Nikola like Tesla him? But Nikola Tesla is not macho. That's the thing is that he is more. He's just like a. Mo- he's sort of like the the blueprint for the modern Silicon Valley entrepreneur. Is how I think. He's about like it. the first tech bro. He's the first tech bro. He's the initial exactly tech what bro. It was. Here's some facts about him. I think it's better if we just talk about the facts because they're really weird. Okay, that's okay. fine. And they start to get weirder. Fine. He was a man, little background. He was born in the Austrian Empire, and he immigrated to the United States, and he lived in New York City. So he's an immigrant. He doesn't have any university training. Once again, something I really respect. You know why I really respect it? Because I've been doing a lot of research on my on my other blog for ways that you can help the world as yeah, I like, a person, just I a like regular person, a regular person, right? Yeah. And a lot of ways that you can help are blocked by university degrees or PhDs. And it's very frustrating very to figure frustrating it out. It's very frustrating. But back in the day, it wasn't blocked. If you're interested enough in something, you could get in. You could get into whatever society was doing it, which I think is really cool. Anyway, so he immigrated to the United States. He was always obsessed with electricity. He worked at a bunch of Thomas Edison's factories. He worked at his factories in Austria, and he worked at his factories in New York. So he got more ideas for how electricity worked. He pretty much invented the AC current and modern electricity as we know it. Here's some things about him. He never slept for more than two hours a night, once again married to the game. He only slept to, as he said, recharge his batteries, which he thought was also funny. <laughs> That's like an Elon Musk joke. It is, it's literally like why he named his company Tesla. I mean, this is one of his idols for a reason. He's the modern tech bro. He's the modern tech bro. Okay. This guy was larger than life. A new, as a newspaper editor said, he's almost the tallest, almost the thinnest, and certainly the most serious man I've ever met. Okay? Nikola Tesla was 6'2", which is huge. Back then, 6'2 might have been like... Wilt Chamberlain. Set, Wilt Chamberlain, right? <laughs> he was an elegant, stylish figure in New York City. He was meticulous in his grooming, his clothing... Right. And he very OCD and regimented in his daily activities. An appearance he maintained so as to further his business relationships. He was very into not only being an inventor, but being a salesman too. Huge on the sales part. He realized that in the modern day, you can't just be the engineer. You also have to be the guy that's pitching. Tech bro. He's a fucking tech bro. He's the first tech bro. He's the first tech bro. He's the initial tech bro. He was also described as having light eyes with very big hands and remarkably big thumbs. Your thoughts now. What do you make of it? Um, I like that he was an initial tech bro. Yeah. I'm into that. He loved chess and cards so much sometimes that he would spend two whole days playing each game without sleeping. <laughs> he just got so, so obsessed with fucking it. tight. Yeah. I like that some of these dudes just don't sleep. One time, he worked for a period of four days in his lab without sleeping. He doesn't like sleep. He doesn't believe in it. I love this. Oh, These guys like don't. They're like sleep to them is no, no, so no. dumb. They, they they feel like so human pet. We talk about the human pet again. Yeah, no, I'll tell the theory. The this pet? is this is from um, Tim Urban. Tim yeah. Urban's blog. The human pet is all the activities you have to do to take care of you, your pet, eating, sleeping, pooping, working out. That's just those are all things you have to do, not because you want to do them, because you have to take care of your pet, the you. Speaking of taking care of his pet, he believed that chastity, no sexy time. 
fuck yeah, was very important to scientific ability. Love it. And didn't like sex. So the didn't the, want to have the sex. originator not only of Tech Bro but of of the NoFab movement. <laughs> Literally the originator of the without, originator without him, of NoFab. We wouldn't have Reddit. There'd be no Reddit. For and sure. again, there'd be no Reddit. And there'd be no Silicon and then Valley. Tw- so now we, so that is twenty percent of Reddit. There'd is be about no no, no NoFap. What is NoFap, by the way? Can you tell everyone? Okay, I guess know? I guess this is NoFap is a movement about not masturbating. I yeah. guess a lot of dudes non masturbatious. It's a lot of dudes believe that if they don't ma- when they masturbate, they give away their life energy. So they they believe in not yeah. masturbating. Well, guess what? It comes from Nikola Tesla, who believed that uh, not doing sexual was good for him. And guess what? Maybe he was right because he has over three hundred patents. He had over three hundred patents. Okay. It's pretty hard to get a patent for one thing these days. Costs money, too. So, he also invented, as he said, a death ray, but he never revealed detailed plans for it. Remember in Red Alert 2 when there's a Tesla coil? Yeah. So, in this game, Red Alert 2, when you're setting up a base, you can defend your base with a Tesla coil. Tesla coil is a... That was... It was a giant lightning rod that will shoot down... That will electrocute... It was a killer. It was such a killer. It was a killer for, for men. Yeah, we would electrocute them. So he, he said that he invented the death ray, but he never gave the plans away. Um, he was consulted on building Niagara Falls. He made the first ever wireless-controlled boat. He invented the possibility of, of wireless communications, though he wasn't the first to do it. He invented the possibility of it. He made an electric gun where you could shoot at things with electricity. He lived in the Waldorf Historia Hotel in New York and was over half a million dollars in debt by the time he died, by wow. today's standards. He just lived in a hotel. He like literally lived in high society. Oh, so he was just high, high living. Yeah, he's he's high living, and he ran in those circles so he could get funding for all of his projects. So uh, in John Wick's hotel, he was in John Wick's hotel. Yeah, every day he went to Central Park and he fed pigeons. One time, one of his favorite pigeons had a broken wing, and he paid two thousand dollars to fix that broken wing. Who he visited every day. So you're saying that this dude. What did he accomplish that had a huge impact? I'm just, I'm trying to understand. Like, he's a cool dude. Again, a cool dude. What did he do? He invented the AC current, modern electricity, the bladeless turbine. He did also uh, dams. He basically invented technology for dams, electricity, and sending wireless communications. He almost seems like the inventor of a personality type. He's also the inventor of... A modern entrepreneur. Honestly, he, he seems is. like he he seems like the inventor he, of the modern. He was like the first. He's the first person to bridge engineering. It seems like, and also being the front of the company. He spent as much time in his lab as he did with the camera. high society with on the camera. He when he would give demonstrations of electricity, he would have he would keep flipping switches and have assistants in his lab so that the electricity would make even more spectacular arcs when he would give demos he would literally he like invented the demo basically yeah so he in, uh, invented you don't understand what like, we know when, he, when he wanted funding he wrote one guy 500 times by mail before he got funding from him okay. to do wireless communication right yeah he was like the non-stop hustler Wow. And then when that guy died, he wrote his. He kept writing his son. <laughs> That's so fucking tight. <laughs> like he wouldn't stop. Right. That's so. Also, tight. he loved women. He loved women, but he didn't have sex. Here's though. the thing, and felt he could never be worthy enough for women who he describes as being superior in every way. However, okay, here's your take. Here you get ready. That take get, no, get ready. Wait, hold on. Say, no, no, hold oh, on. Fuck. Get ready. However, he felt at the end of his life 
that women, as he says, were losing their femininity by trying to be in power. Wow. Your take now. My take is the first part of that would play really well now. Okay. Right? That would, that would play well now. And then he said they're losing their femininity by trying to be in power. I don't. I don't feel that. I. I feel like there is. There is a coming together of the sexes, and it, it seems like a problem that that males are kind of losing being male, women are losing being female, and we're having less sex than ever. I look at those stats, and and it, I. I get worried. I don't really understand it. You know what I mean? Here's a quote from Nikola Tesla: "In place of the soft voiced, a gentlewoman of my reverent worship has come the woman who thinks that her chief success in life lies in making herself as much as possible like man." In dress, voice and actions, in sports and achievements of every kind. The tendency of women to push aside man, supplanting the old spirit of cooperation with him in all the affairs of life, is very disappointing to me. He wrote this when? He wrote this a hundred years ago. We need him to comment on the wokeness. He wrote this a hundred... He was upset with a hundred years ago wokeness. Yeah. But he's upset with the. He the was upset si- with the wokeness. 100 he, no, years but ago. not. He's upset with the with the desexitizing of people. Yes, that so. uh, of that that men and women are, are exactly the same. They should be treated and and he has a whole, exactly a whole thing with women. I mean, he didn't. Have but he didn't sexual. have sex with them. He didn't try to have sexual because he he liked them so much. He said they were spirit in every way, but he didn't like that they were becoming more masculine. Is what he he didn't want the sexes to lose their polar- polarity. By the way, hold on. That's what that's what it is. He didn't want the sexes to lose the polarity. I think so. He didn't want the plus and the minus to both become the same thing. Seems like that's how he feels. He also spoke eight languages. He spoke Croatian, Czech, English, French, German, Hungarian, Italian, and Latin. The modern tech bro. You know that dude that says I am I am an obsessed polyglot or whatever. What, What is it? Polymath. I'm just a simple polymath. I guess it means being a polymath that you're very interested in a lot of things and that you're a master of everything. But like, but, but like, something really that like they said that what you're really a master say? of is sending emails. What you're right. what you're really a master of is like making sure your dress is works perfectly. Yeah. For your startup. If you're going on a hike, making sure you're wearing a pearl snap button down <laughs> t-shirt with cargo pants and new right. hiking boots. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He spoke eight languages. Anyway, so in summation, Nikola Tesla. An idol for a lot of modern entrepreneurs, did a lot with electricity, and had very little. Was an Im- poor immigrant to start with. It's very cool. I, I obviously don't agree with the pick, but it, it's 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 he's a cool guy. I, I enjoyed learning about him. Sick guy. All right, well, Under, go- underrated guy. Sick inventor, underrated guy. Would you say? Great inventor, underrated guy. But he would do things like yeah. I, I mean, mean his, he was half a million dollars in debt. He just didn't give too wait, much. Wait, I actually though. the the where he's commenting on the the losing of polarity between men and women and how it's, it's very prescient. coming together. Very prescient. The taxes worries him. Yeah, it's very prescient. Do you have anything else to say before we do open kimono? Uh, let's go to honorable mentions, and I will go through them fast. Yeah, go ahead. My honorable mentions are David Attenborough, sick, guy. and that is just for the sheer amount of people that he's impacted. Probably more than any. Scientists because ever of, because of the reach of because Netflix. of the reach of modern technology. For example, Rachel Carson, nineteen sixty two, The Silent Spring, which led to all those all those acts that Adams read, her most famous book. It sold two million copies. David Attenborough's Planet Earth Two, just one of his many sick documentaries. Obviously, it, on its opening weekend, just on the opening weekend, it was watched by ten million people. Wow! So just uh, for point. one of his documentaries. Point. On just the opening weekend, it was five times more than her books have ever sold. And then the first episode of Blue Planet 2, just the first episode that was released on Netflix, I think, 14 million people saw the first episode immediately when it was released. 
So when you think about how many people did David inspire, it's probably thousands of millions of people. And so his impact is, is more than the other scientists. Go on. And so I think it's, it's you got to have him in the top. Mm-hmm. Got to. My others are Thomas Edison and, th- and there go, Ben Franklin. Thomas Edison slash Ben Franklin, the, the electricity. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, Isaac Newton for being just the daddy of science, basically. Yeah, science is daddy. Science is daddy. And, okay, so now you go. Well, Isaac Newton, right? Calculus, mathematics, a deal with change. He invented that, him and some other guy, Leibniz in Germany. Optics, the color is made from the frequency of light. So people thought that color is actually made from the objects that the light passes through. He disproved that. He proved that the color is made from the different frequencies of light and not from the objects itself. He built the first telescope as well. Not to mention... To mention, not to mention, to mention, he discovered gravity. The laws of motion. Right. Orbital dynamics, tidal theory. Right. We did not know why the planets orbited like they do, and he figured it out. Right. So we used this. We used calculus in satellites. We used it for the economy to predict change, biology, chemistry, engineering, sports, whatever. He said that his theory of gravity, he, he, didn't, he kept it so secret. So he had worked in it for years, and he had figured it out. And then his friend, they were just having like a beer, and his friend was like, what do you think about this? And then he just... He just told him the answer. He just popped it. So imagine saying like something crazy to your friend being like, you know what? Like, how do you think, uh, like what happens when you go to the center of a black hole? And you'd be like, oh, this is the answer. <laughs> well, yeah. you see, it's a singularity you see, where there's no light. This is the answer. Yeah. And then be like, and all the mass. That sounds pretty good. Star. How did you figure that out? And you'd be like, well, I've, I've been studying it for the last 10 years. <laughs> yeah. Just in secret. He was married to the game as well. Another one married to Another the game. Another one. What he I've would, learned. He would lock himself in his office for three months at a time. What I've learned about this is that if you if you want to do something great, no sleeping, no eating, no sex, no washing, no video games, no weed, just the game. Let's do open kimono and then you can talk about it. Okay. This is the open kimono where we freely talk and discuss our final thoughts on the topic and leave nothing to the imaginations. What is your open kimono? Okay, my open kimono is two parts. Number one is just the summary real quick. My team, my top three, is Robert Oppenheimer for defeating the Nazis, inventing the atomic bomb, and saving the world. Um, Number two is John Muir for getting the national parks protected, founding national parks, and then Rachel Carson, number three, for the modern environmental movement. Um, and then I, I think something interesting to think about is who in what invention in the future would make someone the greatest scientist of all time, in your opinion. And so, it, and so, in my opinion, it would either be a scientist that came up with some way, Aliens. some invention that we could uh, solve climate change, or a scientist that found aliens 
mm-hmm. or a scientist that somehow figured out space travel and has to be able to travel in space. Those would be like they would clearly take number one. I think so. What are your what are your what's your open kimono? Summarize your team and then tell me your answer to the right. future. In summary, my team, my kick-ass team of the greatest scientists is. Shut up, Alexa. Number That's, one, yes, my so. first pick is Chuck Darwin, otherwise known as Charles, invented modern biology, invented that we are animals and that we have a place in the earth. Downfall of religion. Really started to answer the question, what are we doing here with our lives? Who are we? Who are we as people? Which is one of the greatest questions of mankind. That's why he's number one. Number two is Archimedes, probably the greatest thinker of all time. When people, once again, were taking shits, rubbing it on their face, hitting their kids, right, sleeping with their chickens, peeing in a corner, he was making claws that could pick boats up and dump them over. He was inventing modern construction. Good. He invented buoyancy. Okay, what more do you want from him? He was, he was married to the game. He was killed while he was just trying to do some geometry homework on the beach. Okay, number three. Number three is Nikola Tesla. It was a mo- invented the modern entrepreneur. Invented the engineer slash salesperson, did a lot with electricity, did a lot with dams, ran up a huge bill in the wall of Historia, was a real fucking character. There you go. Those are my three team of bangers. Love it. Love it. Okay. What invention do I feel like in the future would be something groundbreaking? Yeah. Well, I think that whoever, whatever politician, whatever leader is going to adopt a a carbon market would be a real hero to me and maybe one of the greatest achievements of all time if you could get a country to adopt a climate marketplace where there's a carbon an effective carbon tax that would be unbelievable and probably do great for climate change i like that one thing that i wanted to mention too that i was thinking about is that um you could say that like as far as impact but this is a so i I went with positive impact i thought positive impact you could say Steve Jobs, the invention of the iPhone has had a ridiculous impact i don't think it's i don't think it's a positive impact hard to say it's it's a mixed bag. It's a mixed bag. Mixed bag. Maybe it's we had a lot time. of impact. Maybe we need more time. Maybe we need more time. It's yeah. had a lot of impact, though. So I just want to mention that. Um, links. So if you like Noah's team better, you like my team better, let us know at dudenature.com. Scroll down from the top, and you'll see a form that says, say what's up. Say what's up. Let us know whose team you think is better. Noah's team of Rachel Carson, John Muir, and Robert Oppenheimer, my team of Isaac, uh, not Isaac Newton, Charles Darwin, Archimedes, and Nikola Tesla. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. Oh, if if oh. you could, oh yeah, go you, ahead. If you could, if you like the podcast, mm-hmm. please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. You can even even I think leave us a review on Spotify mm-hmm. that just opened up. We would really really appreciate it. It Love helps it. our podcast. It helps a lot more than you think. It gives me hard nipples, and uh, we really appreciate it. And we just appreciate you guys listening. Adam, what's happening with Sarah? What's happening with boyfriend? Yeah, yeah. Um, Sarah's boyfriend. Shout out to Sarah's boyfriends. I hope that they are as smart and as dapper as a Nikola Tesla, maybe. Love it. Why not? Links also, just a quick a quick link. If you want to see some of Archimedes' work, Google, Google the third codex, which is right now being transcribed by people who speak ancient Greek. Um, but like, there's mathematical proofs on there that you can see translated to English. It's really cool to see what this guy, how ahead of his time he was, and it's just kind of amazing. So that's a good link. Do you have any links? No links from him. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. And we love you guys.